happened. It finally happened on Saturday or Sunday uh, when PSG played Rennes. Uh, they they lost. But the bright side is, if you listen to the episode last week, the formation that I dreamt about happened. The 4-2-3-1 formation with Di Maria, Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar as the front four. It finally happened. But then something really bad happened after that, and that is PSG lost. PSG lost that game. Um, so I think it's probably an indication that I should not be a coach ever. Maybe, you know, I should never talk about football. What am I even doing on this podcast? I don't know. But you got, you've got, you got to watch the game to really see how it played out. Um, and Manny and, and Justin, I think this is where you have to you, – this is where you probably have to call me out, right? Well, I'm just wondering, Bori, like how – first, how you got a direct line to Pochettino to get in his ear and why you haven't invited him onto the podcast yet. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say Pochettino clearly listens to the podcast. <laughs> Maybe that. Yeah, that's what it clearly. is. He got his tactical clearly. advice. Well, no longer, but probably. <laughs> the one and only time. No longer. Oh, my gosh. Um but I mean, okay, let's be serious. I think many, many you or or actually maybe it was you, Justin. You you said some crazy stat about how they didn't have a shot on goal. Um, you know the the famous the the I think the lethal probably the lethal front four in the game ever um, didn't have a shot on goal. Um, and if you know, obviously I didn't watch the game, but when I saw the highlights, actually I would say you know like they had shots, but it just not wasn't on on target. Uh, unfortunately, and it was mostly because of Mbappe, um, because if you look at how many shots he he missed, I mean seriously. Um, but but yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I I I I don't know what's going on with with PSG, if I'm being honest. Well, do you think perhaps Mbappe's mind was elsewhere? Is that what you're suggesting? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think. <clears throat> It's not Maybe like a, a warmer climb, a little bit uh, south of Paris, across the border. Uh, yeah. Because um, we did hear confirmation. I mean, the, ba- the loss was bad enough, and we can talk yeah. about the details, but then we also need to talk about, obviously, uh, the interview heard around the world where right. Bappe called his shot and confirmed everything about his intentions to leave PSG and go to Madrid. So, wait, and can I, wait, Justin, you were talking about Madrid. I thought you were talking about Al Rayyan in Qatar <laughs> to make all that money <laughs> along with with Golden Boy Hamas Rodriguez. Oh, no. <laughs> he said, uh, I think we ever he also I mean, he must have seen uh, he was planning on doing that. And then he he saw the viral video of uh, Hamas Rodriguez <laughs> watching his new team. <laughs> utter, utter bewilderment and i think maybe he then he's like i guess i'll go to plan b uh, yeah. real madrid yeah right so i know i know we are and just just delve into the game real quick um i know we are we are bashing them that they had no shots on goal but i i'm here to just take the positives out of that that game and and really i think well the one negative is uh as you can see if the the two midfielders in front of defenders are not on their game. They're not paying attention like they did. It, you know, they weren't paying attention because remember, if their second goal that Ren scored was right after the the whistle was blown in the second half, and they were nowhere to be found. Verratti, Goyer were like disarray, and and they didn't even know what was going on. Um, 
So I think that is the danger of having this front four. And obviously, I'm sure Pochettino has learned his lesson. I've also learned my lesson. I would say, though, going forward and just talking about the front four, there is no way you can tell me, especially those that watch the game, that you didn't see the patterns of play that is honestly Barca-esque. And I think Mbappe, this is actually going to make Mbappe grow very, very well because I, I think this is something that Mbappe really needs to learn, as, especially as he's rumored to, to go to Madrid. And this is just the way La Liga game goes. But you see, you saw the way Di Maria was playing, linking up with Messi. I mean, that it was just so natural and fluid. Neymar already knew, knows how to be fluid with Messi. But Mbappe is still the one still learning and being able to be fluid with, with that style of play. But my my overall point is, yes, they didn't have a shot on target. But the way they played, it's very dangerous to any defense. And I will keep saying this until it happens. The moment that front four clicks, that's it. We be the most lethal offense we've ever seen in this football game. Um, and you so, heard that on this podcast for the first time. I don't think you you may not be wrong. I, or if okay, do you think no. that they are going to get another opportunity to line up with that front four in a consistent basis to gel and form right. those connections, especially in light of one this result and two Mbappe's interview do you see like like is one of these four going to get dropped I mean like Di Maria you would assume just because he's not quite at the same level as the other three would be dropped after a result like this like they you know they tweaked the formation but I mean now Mbappe said what he said publicly um I don't know I mean like do you think that this front four is going to have enough of a run, enough run of games to improve upon a result like the last one and yeah, form and, that 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 lethal offense like you're saying and i'm going to i'm going to actually turn the tables around on you bori and say that mbappe doesn't actually need to learn how to do any of this stuff with anybody because he's the face of the franchise right like he is pretty and much he's leaving well that's the thing is he though because in those in in those remarks uh there are some Remarks where he doesn't exactly uh, give clarity into the situation, into his future. He just says, you know, this is what I I had said to the club. This is what the club told me. And, you know, I'm still here playing. Uh, I think there's even one very compelling uh, statement that he makes where he's like, I don't have my head turned by any of this. Like, I'm still playing. You know, I'm still doing everything that the coach is asking of me um, that the team needs. So the question to me, uh, you know, from me to you guys is, you think, Bori, now that you've tried this 4-2-3-1 and we saw how 13 shots, zero, zero, let me repeat that, on goal, zero on target from the quote-unquote greatest uh, attacking uh, front line in the history of football. Do you think it's time to warrant maybe a switch in formation instead of what they played with? Because to me, I see the problem is that there's a huge disconnect between the midfield, uh, specifically where Verratti and uh, Idrissa Gaia are, and the rest of the front four. So for me, I'd like to see a 4-3-3 actually bringing in Wijnaldum, and then you got to drop somebody 
And um, in this formation of yours, Bori, that's Di Maria. Well, yeah, and so this is the danger of the 4-2-3-1 formation because you have the left, left, uh, uh, you know, the left uh, winger, I guess, or midfield, um, and the right wing. Um, they need to drop back in in a defense position, and, and now we're talking about Di Maria, who, by the way, drop, does he does go back, but we're talking about Neymar on the other side, which is the problem. I, I'm not saying that Neymar doesn't drop back, but obviously it's Neymar. He will not always go back if he loses the ball. So that's the danger. And so that's the, the problem and why this formation doesn't suit them. Um, I think going, I think this situation will be where they could probably, I think, I, I think you're probably right, Manny, because I think the 4-3-3 is, is more secure. And I think if they were playing 4-3-3 with Wijnaldum replacing Di Maria in this case, then they you know they wouldn't have had that shock because then as you can see if you look at the replay especially of the second goal um the guy that scored uh a tight i think or tape that i think i can't remember how you pronounce his name was free it was free in the center had nobody and that would be something that one them would have obviously caught um so i think for that reason solely uh i think Pochettino is probably going to learn from this this situation that hey like we need people to track back, and I'm sorry, Neymar is not going to track back, or or Messi is definitely not going to track back, and Mbappe is too far up to track back. So, so you need to to kind of show up that midfield. So I think it, it I think it also varies. Like if it's a team, if they're playing a team that's going to sit back, then I can see them playing a four to three one. So, uh, Rennes obviously came out guns blazing. They didn't they didn't act like they were going to sit back the whole game, uh, because you know. What's the point of sitting back when you have Messi, right? He's going to play through the the press and and uh, oh sorry, he's going to play through the the defense, right? So I think it just depends on the team that they're playing. Um, yeah, but, I mean, but like all these I formations, agree. I mean, like for any team that's you know at this level, uh, definitely, you know these the formations actually are like you know they're not. I don't think they're really that important because they're fluid throughout the game, right? It's not like a static. Well, thing. I think Most I think teams, the only the front four are fluid. Well, the, the the front four apart from Mbappe for me are fluid. But those one in transition when when maybe one of them loses the ball, then everything goes to like okay, what what the hell is going on now? And that, right. So it's, because right. you have Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe all in the field at the same time. For PSG, it is kind of static for them, I guess. Like you know, like. You do you 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 have to when when you're in transition going into defense or you're in a um, lying deep like defensively you have like three less players on the field than the other team like you have three luxury players three luxury offensive players who don't contribute defensively and so that's to me is the big problem here um, and it's not an unsolvable problem right you know like you if you you score enough goals that doesn't make it doesn't make a difference. Uh, it's the, the scoring goals part, which hasn't really locked in yet for them. Yeah, and like I said uh, a week ago when we recorded, um, and I said that at times when they played City, it looked like it was seven against eleven. Like you start, you, you're seeing it now, and I know you guys said it's too early to count them out, but I said, hey, those are some big issues those are some glaring problems in that system right and the fact or lack of lack of and 
I mean, again, it comes down to what we've already spoken about is Pochettino the right, the right guy to get the, the most out of these players. Is, is, yeah. he, is he the one to actually inspire these players to, A, uh, play their positions and, B, track back, you know, actually play for the team? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess time will tell. So let me pose this question to you is, do you think, well, I got a couple questions. Manny, I think you had a question too, but like I'll ask this question first, which is, um, or you think that this could be the most lethal offense uh, in playing today and perhaps like for many, many years? Uh, But do you think they have enough? What's that? I I was going to ask, do you think they have enough time to, for that to happen? Or do you think, Mbappe maybe does Mbappe leave in in January? Is that right. possible? He you know his right, contract right. expires at the end of the at the end of the season. Do they have enough time for this dream team of an offense to to gel and become as lethal as they you know we all expect them to be? Well, I mean, should we just talk about the interview now? Because I think I I, I can recap the interview um, because I think that can kind of maybe give us a few hints about my conjecture of what's going to happen in January. Yeah, let's talk about it. So in the interview, and this is a very, very short summary, um, essentially Mbappe said, yes, he wanted to leave Madrid, just like the rumor, uh, wanted to leave uh, PSG, just like the rumor had said. Um, And the one thing I took away from this is he actually wanted to leave so that he can make PSG some money. um, Because obviously at that time, he had one year in his contract. Right. and then I, we're also hearing that, and Mbappe confirmed this, that the negotiations for a new contract is, is stalling, which to me sounds, and the way, it, I don't know, maybe it's a translation issue or whatever, but the way it sounded to me was like there was no agreement or maybe Mbappe asked for way more and they didn't want to offer it, which to me, that's kind of weird. But obviously, again, I don't know the exact details, and, and it's it's a translated uh, thing that I got. Um, so, but the the contract is basically it sounds like it's dead. Like there's no there's no extension of contract uh, between um, PSG and Mbappe. Although we've been hearing um, uh, what's his name Leonardo keep saying that they're talking about this contract. Everything's you know like it's you know conversations are ongoing but it sounds from Mbappe's point of view it's dead so it's again it's just like I hate when sporting directors and players say different things like why who are you trying to confuse just say it how it is or just shut up right um the one thing I would say real quick is actually you know what I'll keep this part to myself but it has to do with Donnarumma so Anyways, so that's it. No, no, Bori, no, Bori. Mino Royola is not Mbappe's agent, okay? I know. Well, I know that. But anyways, so my point is, I think we're at a situation where I'm. I, to be honest, I think I'm more inclined to believe Mbappe and also the rumors that were out there that he wanted to leave. Obviously, I mean, he already said himself. Although Leonardo is kind of denying and saying different things, um, I don't think he's he's gonna. Uh, signing the contract. I don't think he's going to extend the contract, which begs us, which which brings this other part. Like, does it make sense for PSG to still keep him 
given that they already have Mbappe, sorry, they already have Messi and, and Neymar on the team. And we know the, probably the one reason that we're trying to keep him is because they want to win the, cha- the Champions League, right? So let's say they are doing, uh, it's almost like a race against time at this point. It, this, this interview has set up a really interesting dynamic in the team, I think, where if PSG has any, like, either as, like aspirations or delusions, depending on your point of view, of keeping Mbappe past the end of the season, then they need to start convincing him with, I assume, results on the field and a, a big hefty, like, paycheck for his next contract. So, like, some combination of those two, those two things. We, so they need to get the results on the field. But he, the way Mbappe's, like, left this interview, and we can talk about his motivations for even doing the interview in the first place, it's like, it's like a race against time between now and January for PSG to look so dominant, particularly in the Champions League uh, group stage, that they that they can maybe sell him like you know sell Mbappe on the idea of staying and get him like back at the negotiating table. But if they can't do that before January, then the pressure is on. It's like you either sell like what are you going to do? He either has to leave in January or you're going to let the best young player in the world next to Holland, obviously, go for a free. I disagree. I think PSG, there's just one person that'll make this whole thing uh, better for all parties involved. PSG, I'm, I'm calling it out right now. Yeah. PSG need to fire Pochettino and replace him with Zidane, the French talisman slash icon slash idol that's what I said. That's what I said last week. And you bring him in, and that's it, man. Like, why would – like, think about uh, Zidane. He already has Sergio Ramos on that team. He'll have Mbappe. He'll yeah. have – I mean, like, he's, he's, he's French, man. Like, like – this is, this is what I said. I said this last week. I agree with you, Manny. I agree. And if Pochettino did, did listen to this podcast, this, he's definitely shutting off for good now after that last comment. I completely disagree because Zidane, Messi, I don't know if Messi wants to uh, be managed by uh, Real Madrid, an ex-Real Madrid It's not that star. Messi wants to be, yeah. it's not that he wants to be, it's just that, like, he, Messi, he's of, you know, he's part of the team, like, what, like, what do you want, like? Yeah, he, he, he respect, Messi has great respect, I think, for um, talent, like, you know, he, him and, I, he has a, he has respect for Cristiano Ronaldo, he has, like, you know. He, him and Sergio Ramos, like, put the, let bygones be got bygones pretty quickly as far as all of they, reporting. They play chess um, together do now. They so. Do they I know. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm joking. I'm joking. Obviously, like, everyone would love to be coached by Zidane. I'm sure. I'm sure they, I'm sure Messi wouldn't mind. Um, that was, but it's just funny how he's, he's mingling with, he's going to be mingling with a lot of Real Madrid people. Um, but anyway, so. So to your points, to your original question, um, uh, Justin, I think I think probably PSG are better off letting Mbappe go in January and at least recouping some money. I'm sure Real Madrid would not say no unless they, you know, things change so much these days. Like remember, remember when Wijnaldum was supposed to go to Barcelona and then now he's playing for PSG. Anything can happen, but. Um, I think PSG will be crazy to let Mbappe go for free. I think that that's just a crazy thing to think about. Although I would say it's karma because obviously they bought Donnarumma for free from 
<laughs> but I would say, see, here's the difference between, and this is why I like Mbappe and the way he's hand, handling this, right? He's yeah. come out, he said these things, even though, like, he's still playing for PSG. You know, it's weird, but it's not as weird anymore because he said, hey, I'm just letting the world know now that I wanted to live in the summer so that I can give PSG some money, but they said no. And I'm still here, I'm still playing, maybe scoring some goals. And there's a possibility that I would be leaving for free, you know. So, but he, he he didn't do what Donnarumma did, which was he lied and lied and lied and said, hey, I love Milan. I want to do this. And then <laughs> last minute, last, very last minute, yeah. he, he needed to go to another club. Turns out Juve could not afford him. And he came back to Milan and said, hey, like, you know what? I'll take the amount you're giving, you're, you're offering. And then Milan was like, no, we're done. And then, then obviously, PSG picked up the tab so definitely better i mean I, i'm saying this because you can see the difference in in professionalism like you can't like you can't bs people right like you like i like mbappe's professionalism he he said how it is and he wanted to make people money and and remember i don't think mbappe came from the psg um uh, academy i think maybe probably the monaco or some other academy yeah in paris but yeah you came um, from monaco yep yeah but um, so real quick, last last point on this is, let's say they do sell Mbappe in this in the winter transfer window. Um, so I was listening to Fabrizio Romano's podcast today, and he was saying that he has some good information. He didn't name names, but he did say like PSG unit. They're not stupid. They understand that deficiencies in their squad and that their intent that they weren't able to pull off last summer, but that they definitely want to do either in the winter or next summer is make a huge, like a huge marquee splashy midfield signing. Um, and that's, uh, he said like, you know, who, anything can happen he? between now and then, but I just pose the question to you real quick off the top of your heads. Who do you think that midfield signing would be? It's Pogba. No, it's Kessie. It's Pogba. Pogba. It can be, it can be, if it's okay. So we just talked about, the problem with having this front four or world-class front four, what is the problem? They can't defend. So you're going to tell me you're going to bring in Pogba to do what? To do Pogba, to defend? To Pogba, Pogba is a link. I, I think it's Pogba too. Like if that's a link between your defense and your forwards. Pogba yeah. can play that role. Pogba can play in that four, two, three, one, whatever. I don't, I don't think the As problem... the attacking midfield. Yeah. Okay. As the attacking midfield. I don't midfield. think... Or, on, I mean, he's even sure that he can play on a wing also and let Messi be in the center if you wanted to. No way. And he's Messi done. is the playmaker right. of this team. He's the, he's the, Messi is the link. There's no link. The, the problem is their defense going back. We saw this in the Rens, Rens game. The problem is in the transition. You, Pogba, to me, is not the right profile. Because he's not going to defend. We've seen it in uh, United. He's not going to defend. So maybe Fabrizio is right that, yes, they're going for Pogba, right? But you need a more defensive, somebody like Wijnaldum. Where well, they, already he, a, they already got a Wijnaldum. They well, already got Wijnaldum. But you get my point. My point is that a player like him is what you want. Someone that's very energetic. And I'm sorry, Pogba is, maybe it's just a, a thing. Like, he needs a Kante. Like, PSG needs a Kante. And who's the closest thing Kante right now in this game? It's Kessie. No. I'll just put it out there. I don't know about that. I don't no, think Kessie would be a splashy. Yeah, you, you, that's not no. a splashy. I don't, he's, he's a great player, but I don't think that's like the same. Exactly. Uh, and then the other thing I want to say signing. is like, 
PSG can make a splashy signing at any point in time. Like they have like the same way that they can refuse, they refuse to sell Mbappe early on in the summer. And the same way that they'll probably refuse in come January. Uh, they have so much money. Remember, PSG's only enemy is renewable energy. All right. Remember that, <laughs> fellas. All right. And we're <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, you don't think, I mean, you don't think they're scared? You don't think from, from, you know, the the Middle East, come on. (laughs) You don't don't think they're scared of uh, financial fair play catching up with them? What's that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, let's take a look at the board members. Oh, look, they're relatives of the PSG and the city uh, owners group. Okay. Hmm. Blood, blood is uh, thicker than water. Remember that. So. I thought oil was thicker than water. Oh. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um. Yeah. Anyways, I, I I'm very curious to see what's gonna happen. I, I didn't listen to the podcast. So I don't know what what, what the Marquis signed. Yet. But in my opinion, I don't think it makes any sense because we know Messi will do that job of deep line playmaker. He's doing he did in Barca. Ste- no. Come back, push the ball. Like if you saw Messi, Messi was even coming back. He was like in the circle, like trying to get the ball, and and then pass it up to to uh, Neymar and then and and uh, De Maria. I'm just saying, I I think it will be a very stupid signing personally because that doesn't solve the problem that PSG needs, which is you need a Kante on that team that would be in they two places. They have a Kante. They have a Kante. His name they is don't Verratti. Have a Kante. Verratti no, is Conte. No, no, no. Hey, is I mean, the, speaking the speaking Italian of Conte, Conte, speaking of Conte, maybe it's Conte. They, I mean, if they want to buy him for a world record fee, for a, um, you know, Conte is what like thirty, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I love Conte to death. You guys know that, but if PSG comes knocking with a nice, nice offer. Chelsea's not turning that down. Well, we'll see. We'll see what it turns out to be. The man's rarely wrong, so I'm sure that they and it makes sense. I mean, PSG's not stupid. They're gonna make that they know that that's the yeah. the, the, the position that they need wait, to wait. reinforce. So Justin, what I'm trying I'm trying to understand here is you're saying that most likely Mbappe is leaving in in January then. And then I, I mean, nobody the nobody knows, right? I mean, that's gonna be up to PSG ultimately. But I, I like I said, I think the clock is ticking now. You know. Mbappe, I don't know what the motivations were, like I said, but you know, the, we're in the final countdown now, where they need to either start looking like the best offense that's ever existed, like everyone kind of was hoping might happen, or um, that, that goes the last, the, you know, the pressure will be on for PSG. Like you know, we know they'll they'll know that he's not going to come back to the negotiating table, and what are you going to do then? Do you or, do you really or, go for broke for Champions League, or do you sell him in January? Or or you pull that last ace out of your sleeve and you hire Zidane. Yeah. Or that. I don't know if that alone would do it. I think it's going to be, even if it's Zidane or another manager, it's also going to require some boost to how Mbappe feels personally about being at the club, plus like actual you know results on the field. They, they need to win, like everything. Um. All right. Well, final question about this because I feel like we've this is the longest <laughs> we've ever spent on league on before. I know. Um, so, 
who who leaves first, Pochettino or uh, Mbappe? Pochettino. Yeah, Pochettino, I think. I just don't see how that's but I mean, I don't think I don't see how that's possible. I think Mbappe is leaving first. So. Yeah. It's it's Pochettino, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not convinced Pochettino is going to make it to January, honestly. So, I mean, they're not even doing poorly, right? It's just that's what I'm saying. Just, like, I don't. Yeah. I mean, they've only lost. This is the first game they've lost in in Ligue 1. Um, I don't think they've lost any game in the Champions League yet. They drew with, uh, I think, it was it Group uh, Brugge, Club Brugge, Bruges. Um, yeah. or Bruges. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess the Champions League will, will be the one to say because I think. Let's be honest. They've won the the league on. I think. <laughs> I don't think. I think they should just not even played this season, to be honest. Uh, anyways, let's let's move on. I think we spent so much time. Yeah. Let's talk about the Premier League marquee game. I mean, awesome, fast fast paced, uh, goal goal ridden game uh, between Liverpool and City. Um. What a game. <laughs> Salah, Salah. I mean, Salah really the season. Yeah. Salah, not the Salah. Best, not the best player in the league, according to Bori, right, Bori? Right, right, because De Bruyne is still there. Yes. <laughs> he may, uh, well, regardless, do you think that was the best Salah's goal? Do you think that was the goal of the season, at least so far? In just EPL, or we're talking about? Yeah, let's just say in the EPL, sure. I, to be honest, I don't remember all the goals, all the great, great, crazy goals in the EPL to kind of rank it, but I, I would say, of course, maybe it is up there. That was amazing. That was, I yeah. mean, like, speaking of, like, Messi-esque, this is, yeah. like, this is a player who is, in my opinion, right. Right, play, right now, in current form, he is the best player in Europe right now. Agreed. Salah is, like, on fire. Europe, Bori, not just England. Europe. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And and come on, and the way that you introduce this game, like you're like, oh, what a game. I mean, it's the EPL. It's the best league in the world. What do you expect, Bori? I mean, I know you don't have very high standards watching the the Serie A, but I mean, to us EPL fans, like I, I would say, I would say there's another game this weekend that was very good. I mean, the AC Milan Atalanta game was was very good. I mean, if you did watch it, it was good. But yeah, obviously the EPL gets the 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 more you know the the views and, and the hype. So I'm not gonna gonna I don't want people to throw stones at me. <laughs> so I will say this though, I, I'll I'll go on with uh, a follow up. Yes, it was a a crazy game, back and forth. Um, you know, in the second half and in the first half, it like both teams had their uh, time where they dominated uh, possessions of the game. Um, but I want to ask you guys individually: Do you think the result was well deserved, or do you think that one team actually dropped points? considering everything that you saw. Now, let me rem- remind you guys a few things that happened during the game. Started off with Man City pretty much just dominating pet ball, right? Like Liverpool couldn't couldn't even string two passes together, right? Um, Allison having uh, a few saves. Um, obviously, then some changes happen, and the game opens up with the goals. We have Milner, who had a few fouls, which 
could have warranted a red card, then leaving Liverpool to play with 10 men, right? Um, you have some questionable officiating that you saw as well. Um, some potential penalty kicks that were not called. And then you had, of course, some amazing, like individual, um, brilliant plays. I'm talking about a Rodri um, uh, save on Fabinho uh, at the very end, right? So you had it all. So with everything that happened, do you think who came, who came away happy with this draw? Liverpool at home or City away? So I'll answer first. I'll say I think both they'll both be um, they'll both be satisfied coming away with a draw. If I had to say one should have won, like in my opinion, Liverpool dropped the points. You know they lost. They they gave up the last goal. And it came through, you know, uh, De Bruyne, Bory's favorite player, uh, getting kind of like a deflection out of the box. And then I think his shot itself, I mean, it was a great shot, but I think it also took a slight deflection to get into the back of the net. But, you know, I think so. I think Liverpool should be disappointed from that respect. But I think Klopp and the rest of his squad, they were without Trent Alexander-Arnold, right, Um, who's out through, I think, illness or uh, injury. Yeah, some injury. Yeah, injury. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they were without him. That's why Milner was in the game in the first place. Both of City's goals actually came down that side through um, Liverpool's right side of their defense, um, left side for Man City attacking. And I think given that, I I think Klopp and Liverpool will be happy enough with a point, but. and so will Pep in Man City. You know, this is a fair result in that respect. I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a, a really slight tangent here real quick. I'm sorry. I just saw the goal again. I, I had watched so many games this weekend, and I just forgot about this goal. Um, the Salah's goal, actually, what the hell was I saying? That was a, a, that was a <laughs> yeah. goal. That I know. Was, K- K- that KDB's was, not the best player in the EPL. We know. That was... That was a goal, um, and and um, there's a very clear reason why. That just looked like a messy goal. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I, I gotta say, I gotta say, yes, it was definitely a, definitely one of the contenders for the for the for the year so far. You know, I I have a feeling it'll probably win goal of the month, and I know we still have plenty to go this month, but I don't see how another goal tops that. Like just. The, the the technical ability, the speed, um, the awareness from Salah as well uh, to, you know, cut it back. And then the fact that he actually put it in the corner on his weaker foot, right? Because right. we've seen Salah hit. It, it's kind of like Robin, Arjun Robin, when you watch Arjun Robin play. Exactly. And you knew yep. he would cut in, drift in from the right side cut in and then all of a sudden he scores, you know, upper 90, right? But the fact that he cut in and I think it was who was it Diaz who was marking him and he, you know, he actually faked him out and then the speed of the whole thing, I mean it happened so fast. So to me, I would probably I know it's going to be a contender of the year. Um uh, Pushkas maybe, we'll see, but uh definitely go No way, come on. If that's Puskas, then Messi should should have been winning it every year. 
Um, what is he going to no. win it on his one Pushkas, goal? Pushkas, no, the Pushkas is like it favors long range strikes all the time. I feel, but I th- I agree. I think it's a phenomenal goal. You guys forget um, about that goal that Messi scored Barcelona against uh I, I can't remember if it was like Ketafe or or oh Bill Blau. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was almost that. I mean, granted, it wasn't from like the halfway <laughs> line, but <laughs> I mean right. the fa- the fact that it happened so fast and it was at a very pivotal moment in the game. So. Yeah, sounds good. Um, is there anything you wanted to say say more about about this game? I, I think there's another um, team in in Manchester that we need to talk about. Another draw. Yeah, let's talk about that one. Right. Uh, I think this game was, uh, you know, a lot of questionable. First of all, Ronaldo on the bench, starting on the bench. I, I don't, I don't buy the fact. I've heard people say like, hey, he's he's 36 years old. He needs rest. He played in the uh, the Champions League. I don't buy that. I don't think that's a reason why he should be benched. Not sure why he was benched. Uh, maybe Ole was uh, underestimating Everton. Is that possible? I don't know. Do we? Do we? Do we? Anyone have any theories why that why he was benched? Uh, because Ole doesn't have a clue. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. It has to be that then. I, I agree. It has to be that. How to set up his team properly. I mean, just taking the shot in the dark here. You don't, you know, you don't sign Cristiano Ronaldo just like you, the same way with Messi you know, you don't sign these players just so they can start on the bench. Now, granted, uh, Messi had like, you know, some fitness issues because he didn't have a preseason. He didn't have any of that stuff. Um, But Ronaldo did, right? He was training in Italy before he left and he came in and you've seen the impact that he's had immediately. What is it? I think he has like four goals in all competitions at the moment, um, Champions League included as well. Um, he had a very pivotal goal uh, in the Carabao Cup as well. So, I mean, you you just you have to play him, right? And the fact that, to me, what really stood out is the fact that Ole waited so long to make the changes. That's what really stood out at home in front of the fans with some very notable Manchester United um, fans uh, in the stands as well. Right. So the fact that they were at home and all this happened now, granted credit to uh, to Benitez and Everton, because they. Without Richarlison, without uh, Calvert Lewin, right, like they don't have some of these very yeah. uh, important uh, players. No James Rodriguez anymore. He's off in Qatar. <laughs> You know, bathing in millions of dollars in his bathtub, but gold, whatever. Gold, yeah. And gold, right? Exactly. He's, uh, you know, um, doing living the good life. Um, so without those guys, and you bring in Andros Townsend, right? Who he's revitalized uh, on this team. Um, man, I mean, credit to them. They caught him on the counter, and anyone who's a Man United fan or anyone who's seen Man United play know that. Uh, they are the weakest on a counter. They cannot defend counters well, at all. Not, so not only that, do we? Do you? Do you even buy the Lindelof uh, backline with uh, Maguire? Am I the only one that thinks that like 
Uh, I mean, Varane, this, uh, Varane started this game. Sorry, though. sorry, sorry. Well, okay, but Lindelof, for me, stood out as yeah. somebody that should not blank? be... Yes, should yeah. not be playing. Um, and I think it's 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 a problem for them, in, in my opinion. I, I think... I mean, yeah. I agree. I agree Lindelof is the weak link. And also, so far this season, I think uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Luke Shaw have both been not have been disappointing a little bit oh but did you see that that assist he almost almost gave martial almost in the big uh, around the beginning of the game where he he faked the left back for um for everton and then had that good cross i mean that's something i've never seen uh one Pizaka do but yeah i honestly also i think Maguire is not a good defender i i honestly see i think Varane is probably the main defender here but I think this is going to be a weak point going forward. And I don't know if we can fully blame Ole because this team should really be doing stuff that is bigger than what they're doing right now. Um, but yes, I do blame Ole and his choices. Um, I think we've heard from from some of the media and the players themselves that what Ole brings to the team is something that they didn't really have uh, in the Marino and, and Van Gaal era. You know, he was able to bring the team together. Um, he just doesn't have that tactics. I think that's the problem. But um, I think I, I don't know what to do in this situation. You know, it's I think maybe a play a play a coach like Zidane will be perfect for for this group. I um he's he's had if you think about how long Ole has been in charge of Manchester United, they haven't won anything at all. Mourinho, all the the coaches that you mentioned, both won something. Though small, minor, it was still a trophy with Manchester it's something. United. It's right, something. it is something. And the yeah. fact that they've gone uh, seasons and seasons and seasons without winning anything while strengthening their squad because it's not like they don't spend every season. They always do. They always end up buying someone. They bought, look at, look, they bought Van de Beek, who's on the bench just <laughs> collecting a, I mean, literally like. Yeah. Can we talk about that? For a team that is like weak in the midfield, like so, what do you think? Van, what did Van de Beek do to um, Ole to get this treatment? I honestly any, any theories? I I honestly don't think Bad that Frank? It's, I honestly don't think that it's just a uh, Van de Beek man. Like he uh, Ole Ole has had like his his uh, he's gone through this with like Pogba. He's gone through this with like different players as well. Um, you know, he, he went through this with um, I think Cavani last season as well. Like he just benched him, and then Cavani like he played him, and Cavani ended up scoring some crucial goals that kept them, you know, in whatever position they ended up in. What like third? I think it was second or third. So um, I think Ole just again we talked about it. The squad is uh, out of his uh, depth, or um, I guess um, he just doesn't have the, the the skills to manage this. And I'm gonna, I think it's the same situation as PSG, where who goes first? But in this scenario, it's who goes first: Cristiano Ronaldo or Ole? I mean, it should obviously be Ole, but he just got a new contract, and they, I think, they just this past week they also gave a new contract to his one of his top assistants which kind of like suggests that they 
they're down with what they're about to promote him that they're about to promote his assistant yeah i don't know uh, oh, oh maybe yeah maybe i guess maybe that's it's it, the the calls coming from inside the house i don't know maybe but um yeah i, I mean it's, you know it should be ole but like who knows i mean ronaldo's only on a what a two-year contract hey man ronaldo ronaldo managed to get out of his juve contract so well i i think i think it's it's a, for me it's a very tough question to ask uh, to answer because if we, if somehow United ends up in the Europa League and they're hovering outside of the top four come let's say Feb February, um, then I would say I think Ronaldo will start to to look around again because I mean we're talking about a, a player that is is almost at the end of his career maybe not because maybe he can play to 45. But I'm sure you start thinking maybe I can do better somewhere else. Um, but then it's tough. I, I think I think knowing the effects that Ronaldo can have on the board also also and on like the the team, um, I think United are probably seeing this as also like oh wait we we see how much he's made us on on shirt sales and all the other games. Uh, not that United has always had this problem, but. Um, I'm sure they are probably going to make more money be, with Ronaldo on the team, so maybe the owners will will prioritize that. Um, which I think the owners are known for doing stuff to, you know, they they're known for just taking profits, right? Isn't that isn't that yeah. true? Like, yeah, yeah. And so. this and this is a Manchester Rangers. club that doesn't have to beg their fans to show up at games, so they don't have any problems <laughs> right. with the game day revenue. <laughs> exactly. A good point. Yeah. Did you see? Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, they somehow cornered him and asked him about what do you think about Ole, and kind of unusually, he like kind of offered his opinion. Basically, like you don't buy Ronaldo, you don't bring Ronaldo onto your team to not play him. He's basically like, you know, it's not it's it's not particularly. Oh, wow. I yeah, that. I mean, he's obviously there's a special relationship between Sir Alex and Ronaldo, but um, I mean, like you know, he's kind of like, yeah, duh, you play Ronaldo. All right. Well, I think enough EPL. Uh, we there's one game we have to talk about in La Liga. Um, it looks like we're at the end of the the line here for Barcelona. I mean, everything is looking very grim. Uh, they do have a game in hand, but you know, not looking good. They lost to Atletico by two goals. Um, we had Suarez scoring. Um, there was his celebration was a little weird. I don't know if anyone. Either of you caught it, but obviously he didn't celebrate. He he apologized for scoring, but then he had this uh, phone gesture um, at, at the end of the celebration. Did yeah, he's calling, yeah, he's calling Bartomeu. Oh god. <laughs> well, people are to saying say, to say what mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, no, I, I was gonna say well. I mean, I I think some people were were saying also that um, Coman had to, you know when Coman. Uh, was hired as a, as the coach, he had to call Suarez to say, hey, his services are not needed anymore. Even though it was the the club that should have done that because the club really did that because they didn't have the money to pay for his salary. Um, and they were trying to shift things around. Actually, it's funny you say that because wasn't Coleman on the phone in the stand? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's oh, on the stand? He was trying to make that call. Oh, man. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, so sad. I so uh, I was. I just want to say that I was very close to my prediction where I said that Griezmann was going to be the one who scored and get Coleman fired. But actually, it was 
it might be Suarez who scores. It might be that that might be the goal that is like the last the last nail in the in the Coleman coffin, right? Like we have yet to see the international break just started. There's uh we have what like two weeks pretty much. Um, that's a long time yeah. to I find a replacement. This, I would say this. Um, Laporta came out, I think, after the game or before the game, saying, I think it was before the game, saying he's 100% behind Coleman. Okay, I know, I know. I know you're going to say they always say that. but Yeah, because he's 100% um, behind him as Coleman walks out the door. In the okay, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's, it's weird because Coleman had that meltdown and essentially he was talking to the board and, and, and indirectly talking to the board and, and, and the owners um, and, and the president. Um, but then Laporta came out and said, no, he they're behind. I can't remember the exact quote, but I don't want I think Barcelona are in a situation where they can't afford to pay out Coman, right? Because, you know, they signed him, what, two years, I think. Um, and they they can't just afford to just, unless he decides to take zero dollars after they fire him. Um, but I don't see that happening. Um, I think it will be a very bad financial decision. I think they need time, um, and Coleman needs the pressure so he can be better. But they also need time. I think there's a lot of like like you can see players on here like like Gavi, phenomenal player. I mean this guy, I'm I'm such a fan of him, um, of of Gavi. Um, so I think they just need time. Frank, uh, what's his name? Asafati is just coming back. I think they will eventually click. It's just one of those situations where at the beginning of the season, they are just playing crap. Um, and uh, do we see Frankie de Jong playing uh, as a winger? Wasn't that really, I thought that was really funny. I, so I think that's one reason to fire Coven because he does stupid things like that. Like, obviously I'm on the training ground, so I don't know, but I think Frankie de Jong playing on the right side as a, you know, as a, as a essentially as a winger, was a little weird. I think he could, you could probably use him more behind and and just especially against a team like like Atletico, you need to be able to handle, um, you know, uh, you know, Lamar who and 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 Carrasco who are like firecrackers for Atletico Madrid. Yeah, but did you see? I, the, see I mean, just speaking of tactics and perhaps lack thereof. By Coman, did you see? And kind of speaking exactly to what you're talking about, Bori, with dealing with um, Atletico's wingers, it's like, did you see the video of the Barca sideline and like the assist, like you know, his staff who were on the bench while he was up in a booth, um, kind of debating amongst themselves, like looking seemingly like kind of confused about whatever Coman was telling them over the phone, and then they recalled Jordi Alba who was warming up to come into the game. They recalled him to the bench. Because he wasn't actually going to go into the game, and Jordy was like, "What's going on? You know, why aren't you? Why aren't I? Why aren't I going in?" And the coach is kind of just like, did like a collective shrug, and one of them, one of them actually like gestured, like pointed upwards, as if like you know to say like, "Oh, co- yeah, like, call, call yeah, the guy." Col- <laughs> Coleman told us, yeah. Oh my god. So it's just a, it's so messy, and not, not, not the messy that they need. I like not that pun intended. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not good. It's not great for them right now. So I'm actually disappointed in, in Atletico too, man, because Atletico could have really took it to Barca. Like, I don't know if they just felt bad for them. If they were just like, you know, like, you, you know, when you've seen those National Geographic 
shows where like the, the lion is like, I'm not even going to feed on this gazelle because it's already dead. Like, you oh, know, it's yeah. like dying and you're just like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, feel you're sorry for it. And Letico were like, uh, whatever, like, where you see cuddling and like licking like <laughs> the baby fawn. Yeah, exactly. The baby deer that was Barcelona. That's exactly it because they, Before had, they went in for the kill. That's exactly it, man. They they just like I, I think they're just like wow, this is this is sad. Like the fact that they could have done it because even um the, I remember there, there's a Griezmann and didn't start. He ended up getting subbed. Subbed in. Uh, they sub uh Luis um Suarez out, and Griezmann was had a breakaway where he was literally one on one. He had nothing but like green grass in front of him. He's probably like 15 yards away from the from the 18. And instead of just going all out and taking it on head on, he decided to just kind of slow his pace down and wait for another Barca attacker to come into the picture. Then gave a horrible cross, uh, a pass across the field, which ended up to nobody. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, when do you ever pass up an opportunity like that as a as a striker? Either one that you know when you don't have confidence, or one where you just feel bad, or the game's just over. Because at that point, it was already two zero, right? Like, but when it comes down to it, the way that the La Liga standings are at this moment in time, there are three teams tied for first place, right? And we know that the first tiebreaker is always goals right goal differential and as it stands Real Madrid are first Atletico Madrid are second and then Real Sociedad are third so in a season where again we've seen it come down to like for example last season um, where it was very close it came down to the very last game in the in the league why not score when you have the opportunity to do so why why waste those chances well actually I, I want to correct I think La Liga it uses head-to-head um, this first tiebreaker goal, first? goal difference head to head goal difference okay so again the point is like okay so even if it's head to head right let's say that at some point you're going to be there's going to be a scenario where you could probably be tied Barcelona could score three in, right. in, uh, and, and let's, let's be I, th- I know you, we're all joking about Atletico Madrid taking it easy on them but let's not forget atletico actually are not that great either yeah right so exactly. they had this style game but i think it's more barcelona just being poor than atletico being good i mean they barely beat milan they had to get the refs help they lost all of us the week before so um and they no, they no. need to score as much as they can it just griezmann is not very good right now and he's definitely he's sorely lacking confidence well well, let me ask you this, because there was another big game this weekend that would have or could potentially shake up the standings as well, which was Sevilla, which like Barcelona had their game um, postponed, which is why they have a game in hand as well. And they played Granada, who was, I think, like bottom of the league, right? Like they might be in relegation zone somewhere like down there. They ended up losing to Granada, right? If they would have won that game, they would have been tied on points with those three teams that we just mentioned. 
and potentially have a game in hand. And Bori, I remember you said Barcelona playing Sevilla. You said Barcelona is not going to beat Sevilla, but Granada just beat Sevilla. So, right, yeah. To be honest, I think anybody can will beat Barcelona right now. <laughs> if I'm being honest, Let, let's be honest. That's just the nat- that's just the nature of a farmers league. Is like you never know. Like any anybody could beat anybody, I guess. At this point, I would. <laughs> well, that's not a farmers league then. If anyone, everyone's can beat anybody, well, it's not a because all I mean, it's a it's a unique situation where there is no clear standout team. I guess it's supposed to be. I guess it's got to be Real Madrid, but even them, they are on a down season. But I suspect they. I expect them to run away with the league this year. Hey, if, even with Real Madrid being on a down season, they still will go far in the Champions League. It doesn't matter if it's the Champions League. Like, uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I think I think now is the time to play Barcelona. Like, I wish Milan was playing Barcelona. You know, like that's how like you know dire their situation is but i don't think there's anything they can do honestly they're financially strapped there's there are no options i think what it's about just, just what if you're playing what if you're playing barcelona with a turkish refereeing squad though oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that that's a tough tough man right there so never mind. <sighs> anyways all right cool i think Anything else? Is is there anything else you want to say about this? Okay, um, I think we're just gonna st- go straight for for the random facts because of time. Um, it sounds like Manny does have a very juicy random fact for us. Manny, take it away. Yeah, but red card. We have a red card segment. Yellow card, red card. All right. No, my red card has something Let's to do. Talk with... Talk about your red card. Let's talk about your red card. And my red card work. has something to do with my fun fact, actually, my random fact. Okay, well, why don't you just tie it together? Then? Ties in. It ties in. All right. So for this week's red card, yellow card, red card segment, red card, death, taxes, bar, EPL refs suck. In that order, all right. Those are the things that you can count on in life to be true. And none more so than this weekend when in the Chelsea-Southampton game, there was a series uh, leading up uh, of events leading up to a goal that Timo Werner scored by header, which was then overturned, overruled by VAR for a potential quote-unquote foul that had occurred 30 seconds before the goal was scored. All right, now... I get it. VAR takes a look at these things, but don't you think there should be some type of time limit for these things? No, I disagree. I disagree. Come on. Like, like they didn't even call it And the, and the thing is the only reason why the ref even looked at it was the fact that the players complained, the opposing players, Southampton players crowded them and complained to take a look at it, but he could have stopped that play leading on, right? Like there's no advantage. If there's a foul, he's committing the foul against the team, right? So it's already a foul. Stop the play right there. Don't let anything else happen because, again, like we've seen time and time again, these refs just let it go, and then you're risking the potential of an injury, for example, or something going wrong, something that's unnecessary. Yeah, but we've not seen that happen yet, at least to to my knowledge. I know people always say that as like a thing, but we've not seen that happen. True, but there's been a lot of close moments. So, anyways, that is my red card for they just need to get right. it right. EPL. Well, okay. Come so, on, another year, another another season of 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 crappy bar and and 
EPL refs. Now that leads so, into my random fact for oh. Timo Werner. Everyone talks about how shitty he is, how he misses goals. Did you know that Timo Werner, since coming into the league, has had 16 goals? 16 I'm, goals overturned, overruled by VAR. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't expect the second part of that. When you said 16 goals, I was like, wait, are we playing FIFA here? Because I don't remember yeah. him so many. 16 but, goals overruled by VAR. And, and uh, actually, 10 of them have been um, for the the offsides where they draw the margins of the lines to the right. millimeter of the, the shoulder to the, to the, you know, he's too fast. He's too fast. So I don't know what he's done, what kind of wrong he's done in the universe, man, who put this evil on him. Bori, it might be you for all I know. I don't know, but you got to feel <laughs> for this guy. You got to feel for this guy. Cause I don't think there's any, there's any player as unlucky as Timo Werner in all of world football. So. Actually, I would say, I disagree because I think it's a Chelsea thing, first of all, because Morata probably has a similar no. stat last no, season. No, Morata, but Morata just Even. lived offside. So we know that. <laughs> he just lived offside, right? <laughs> Timo Werner actually, like, makes those runs, makes yeah, it effort to get onside. But for one reason or another, hey, look, this, this last goal, right, Southampton, he didn't even commit the foul. <laughs> he scored the goal. And it still got overturned. So he had nothing to do with it. But hey, carry on, well, Timo. Carry on. I think it's the phase of the play. It has to be the phase of the play, which is why I disagree with you, Manny, that even though 30 seconds doesn't matter, it's phase of play. Um, it, it's, you, you got an advantage by fouling somebody, right? That's it, right? You got the advantage by fouling somebody. That's how I, I read the, the thing. But Timo Werner, it, it has to be a Chelsea thing because Morata... Offside goals, right? <laughs> Offside goals. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's gonna rub off on Lukaku. Very wow. Soon. No. I, but no. reminder for our listeners: Romelu Lukaku is Bori's second favorite player, as mentioned and and noted. Yeah, exactly. Like you mentioned course, it on this course. podcast. Well, not second best favorite player, but you know, I will still pick Ibrahim in a fight, but. Hey, whoa, whoa, wait a second. What about De Bruyne? Where's he land now? Okay. He's behind, so he's behind, he's behind Bruyne, Salah. It's Salah. Ibrahim. That's... That De Bruyne number top. one? No, no, Messi's number one. Oh, of course. Oh, of course Messi's number one. What the hell? All right, anyways, I think that's all we have today. Thank you so much, Manny and, and Justin, again, for a stellar episode. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.